Please turn in your Bibles now to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. A few words uh, recorded under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by the Apostle Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 11. Hear God's Word. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, and he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, uh, then to all the apostles, last of all, As to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of all the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, Though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached, and so you believed. And then I I want to add a few uh, verses uh, to this scripture reading from uh, the 17th chapter of the book of Acts. Acts 17 and uh, verses Uh, 30 and 31. Acts 17, verses 30 and 31. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Our topic this evening is Christ's exaltation, and on the back of your order of worship is Westminster Shorter Catechism, question 28, and the answer wherein consists Christ's exaltation. Christ's exaltation consisteth in his rising again from the dead on the third day, in ascending up into heaven, in sitting at the right hand of God the Father, and in coming to judge the world at the last day. Let's pray together. Father, we are grateful for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And uh, we thank you that you have been pleased by your grace to uh, send him into the world to accomplish the salvation of your people. And not only so, Father, you have uh, sent your spirit into the world to apply the good work of Jesus Christ to the likes of us who are uh, before you here in this place this evening. And as we uh, come to this topic uh, this evening, Father, of the exaltation of Jesus Christ that centers upon the resurrection, we pray that you'll be pleased to bless us and encourage us and grant to us your grace uh, by means of the power of the resurrection applied uh, to us by your Holy Spirit. So bless us to this end, uh, we ask, in the name of Jesus Christ, who is the Lord. Amen. Uh, the subject of death is uh, approached in a couple of different ways uh, in our culture and in our uh, society. Uh, one of the ways that uh, uh, the matter of death is approached is, what, well, it's just kind of a natural thing, and death comes along, and so there it is, and you need just to accept it and move on. And so that's one way that uh, death is uh, handled in our culture and in our society. And uh, some would even go far, so far as to say that when an individual dies, uh, no matter their spiritual state, uh, well, they've entered a better place and uh, the suffering's over now. And uh, we need to move on. And then a second way in which death is approached is uh, that we do everything possible uh, in this life to ward off death. And uh, all you have to do is go on the internet and uh, look for uh, uh, the springs of youth and the fountain of youth and uh, these kinds of things and potions and creams and, and uh, uh, the like uh, so that uh, the wrinkles can be wiped away and uh, we can look younger and uh, we can push age backward and this sort of thing. We're trying to avoid death and push it back. And, uh, of course, in the medical field, uh, we're uh, trying to push back death. Uh, these are two ways, uh, at least in our culture and in our society, uh, that the matter of death is approached. Uh, but uh, from the biblical perspective, uh, approaching death is quite different. Because uh, Jesus Christ teaches you and me that the remedy to death is the resurrection from the dead. That's the great remedy. And uh, as we are brought to this question and answer in the shorter catechism uh, this evening about uh, the uh, uh, resurrection and the exaltation of Christ, uh, the exaltation of Christ does center on this matter of the resurrection and uh, the outcomes uh, from the resurrection. And you and I are called upon this evening to believe in Jesus Christ and the resurrection from the dead. 
It's a little hard, I grant you that, uh, that this is the case. It's a little hard often uh, for us to take this biblical posture because all we have to do, uh, at least here in this community, is drive down the road a little bit and there's the cemetery. <laughs> And uh, we're confronted with these things uh, on such a regular basis. But look again now at this answer uh, to uh, the question, wherein consisteth Christ's exaltation? Christ's exaltation consisteth in His rising again from the dead on the third day. When... When the disciples went to the tomb three days after the crucifixion, they found the stone rolled away. And Mary, uh, you will recall, uh, went uh, to the tomb uh, after uh, they had discovered it was open. And she was there weeping. And, and the question came uh, from angels. Why are you weeping? He is not here. He is risen. And Mary turned, and there he was. Rabboni, she cries, teacher. And she falls on the ground and grasps the feet of Jesus. There he was. Yeah, the tomb was empty, but that wasn't enough. There he stood. And Jesus said, don't, don't just cling to me. Go and tell your disciples. Uh, tell the disciples that you have seen me. And she ran and told the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And then that evening, He appeared to the disciples in that closed upper room. And He spoke with them and encouraged them, talked with them. And Thomas wasn't there. It was ten, ten of them. And the disciples, when they told Thomas, Thomas would not believe unless I put my fingers in the nail prints of his hand, unless I put my hand in his side, I will not believe. In the next week, the disciples are in that same upper room and Thomas is present with them. 
And again, Jesus appears to them. Thomas, see my hands. Put your fingers in the nail prints. Stretch out your hand and touch me on the side. See that it is me. And not bothering to do so, you know the story, not bothering to do so, Thomas falls on his face, my Lord and my God. Uh, The book of Acts indicates uh, to us that uh, the Lord Jesus presented many, the King James Version says, if I remember it correctly, infallible proofs with regard to His resurrection. Uh, The disciples saw Him and touched Him and spoke to Him. And the Apostle John uh, says at the beginning of his uh, little letter uh, we call 1 John, uh, he says, uh, that which we have seen with our eyes, that which we have looked upon, that which we have touched with our hands, uh, we declare to you. Uh, these are eyewitness accounts of the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when the Apostle John uh, writes his gospel and he presents these uh, eyewitness accounts and these evidences, as it were, of the resurrection uh, from the dead, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, he says, these things are written so that you would believe And so you and I are called upon to believe in this Lord Jesus Christ and to believe in the resurrection from the dead. And when Jesus uh, was raised from the dead, He then, uh, 40 days later, ascended bodily into heaven. And the disciples were there and they saw this bodily ascent into heaven. Heaven. And uh, angels appeared at that uh, juncture also and said uh, to the disciples, Why are you wondering and gazing the way you are up into heaven? This Jesus, whom you have seen ascend into heaven, and a cloud uh, taking Him, will later descend from heaven in the same manner. And of course, where did our Lord Jesus Christ go? Our Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of the throne of the Majesty on high bodily to take His position as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And as Psalm 110 prophesies, and as the Apostle Paul indicates, this Jesus must reign until He has put all of His enemies under His feet. And this Jesus Christ sits presently at the throne of the Majesty on high, ruling as King of kings and Lord of lords, and He is 
presently in the process of bringing all of his and your enemies under his feet. And so, as the Catechism says, and as the Bible teaches, Jesus Christ ascended up into heaven and is presently sitting at the right hand of God the Father. And then, of course, the Catechism uh, continues by saying, and this exaltation includes his coming to judge the world at the last day. We are uh, someplace between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. And we, we've gone through these phases, haven't we, where uh, people want to date the, the second coming of Christ. And uh, uh, others say that we're uh, reasonably close to the second coming of Christ. Uh, but we're someplace, uh, I think this is all we can say, we, we are someplace uh, between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. We don't know exactly where. But we are assured that Jesus Christ will come again a second time in glory. And it's these words in Acts chapter 17 uh, that I read uh, earlier uh, that helps us in this regard. Uh, Acts chapter 17, verses uh, 30 and 31 once again. The times of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent. Uh, the times of ignorance were the times uh, when uh, the gospel wasn't broadly uh, broadcast uh, throughout the whole world as it is broadcast throughout the world today. And the times of ignorance included the times uh, during the Old Testament era uh, when uh, clarity was not given uh, to uh, everyone and to the bulk of the people of the Old Covenant to understand uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, but now those times are past. And the gospel is being uh, proclaimed and broadcast in a uh, wide way. And God is calling individuals everywhere to repent. Here is the text again. Uh, the times of ignorance, uh, of ignorance God overlooked, but now He commands all people everywhere to repent, to turn away from their sin and turn to Jesus Christ, the living Christ. And then the text goes on this way, because He has fixed a day on which He will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance. Hang on. How has he given assurance? Of this day, of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. You see, it all hangs on this matter of the resurrection of the dead. Why do we have assurance of Jesus Christ coming a second time in glory? Because God saw fit to raise Him from the dead. 
And He's going to come again a second time to judge the earth. And you and I are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And it is an awesome prospect that is set before each of us. And the book of Revelation says that when Christ does come again and the dead are raised, we will be judged according to our deeds. Now I want to tell you something, friends, that if you are judged according to your deeds and the deeds of Jesus Christ are not imputed to you, and you are not clothed with the deeds of Jesus Christ, you are in trouble. You are in trouble. And so, the call is, repent of your sins, understand Jesus Christ is the Savior, Turn from your sins and turn to Jesus Christ and embrace Jesus Christ and trust His sacrifice as the only sacrifice for your sins and follow Him. That is the call. That is the call for you who are older and that is the call for you who are younger. That is the call for you who have made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ in your local congregation. And that is the call to you who perhaps have not yet made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ in your congregation. And this text in Acts chapter 17 indicates that you and I have assurance of the fact that Christ will come to judge the world because... He has been raised again from the dead. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we read of the fact that the Apostle Paul says that over 500 persons saw the resurrected Christ at one time. And then he adds this little caveat. Some of them are uh, asleep. Some of them have died. But most of them, as Paul writes this letter, uh, Paul says that uh, there are over 500 that saw uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Paul is uh, hinting at the fact, uh, you want to go talk to him? <laughs> you want to inquire about this yourself? You want to inquire as to what they saw and how they understand this whole matter of the resurrection, feel free to do so. Feel free to do so. Now, I want to illustrate this matter of over 500 people at one time seeing our Lord Jesus Christ. And... Uh, early on, I was asked, uh, do, you, do, you want, uh, "Do you want that uh, posy up on the, on, the, on the pulpit?" I said, "Yes, you leave it there. You leave it there." Because I, I went to the florist uh, this afternoon, and uh, I said to the florist, uh, "I want a daisy." 
And uh, she said, I, I have daisies. And she went to, to the back of the shop and she pulled out a stack of, of daisies. And I said, I just need one. I just need one. And uh, so she pulled, she pulled this uh, daisy off the, off the other uh, uh, stems and gave me this daisy. And uh, it was a gift. I said, thank you very much. Uh, but, I, but I also... I also need a bud vase, I said. So she went back to the back of the store and she got the bud vase and she said, I put some water in it. I said, thank you very much. How much are you going to charge me for the bud vase? I said, two dollars. I'll take it. And so uh, that's what she did. And I was glad to be able to bring you this daisy uh, this evening. Now... I guess I'll leave the center of it for someone else. <laughs> Just give me a moment. Just give me a moment. Not bad. Okay, now, now you can go home. You can go home. And, and you can say to those in your home congregation who weren't here at family camp, guess what Pastor Prudhoe did in the sermon on Wednesday night? He ate a daisy. <laughs> oh, come on! You're kidding me! He wouldn't have done that! No, really! He ate a daisy! Now think about this. Think about this. Uh, suppose uh, you go out in the street here and there, there are passerbys. Uh, it's, it's a Lord's Day morning. And, and you go out in the street here and there are passerbys. And you say, guess what pastor, our pastor did this morning in church? He ate a daisy. Ah, oh, come on! Uh, get serious. He wouldn't do something like that. And then... Uh, one by one, the people uh, who come out of the church building uh, uh, say to this individual who uh, it, it is just saying, no, no, it couldn't happen. Uh, one by one, the people in the congregation saying, no, the pastor ate a daisy. It's true. And one by one, they came out and... Uh, uh, 100 come out and say it, and 200 come out and say it, and 300 come out and say it, and 400 come out and say it, and 500 come out and say it. What are you going to say? Are you going to deny uh, uh, the testimony of all of these people that the pastor actually did eat a daisy? The crazy man uh, actually did eat a daisy in the worship service? Uh, you see, this is the kind of dynamic that we're faced with uh, when uh, we understand that more than 500 individuals saw the risen Christ, and one by one, if they came to you and testified to you that they saw the risen Christ, and they touched Him with their hands and they spoke uh, to Him, are you going to deny the resurrection? I doubt it. I doubt it. 
But that's the kind of testimony, you see, uh, that uh, the Bible is giving with regard to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so, uh, I call you this evening, in the name of Jesus Christ, if you have doubts, doubt no longer. Rest in what the Bible has to say with regard to Jesus Christ and trust Him and follow Him and embrace this risen Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior. And when Jesus Christ comes a second time in glory and you are raised from the dead and stand before the judgment seat of Christ, you will stand clothed with the righteousness of Christ. And you will hear the good words, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the world. What wonderful words those will be. Remember how the catechism starts? What is man's chief end? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And when you trust in Jesus Christ and embrace His exaltation and His resurrection, and when Christ comes again a second time in glory and you are raised from the dead, you will begin to really understand what it means to enjoy God forever. May it be the case in each one of your lives, dear friends, here this evening. And may the great God of heaven be pleased to bless each one of you to this very end. We pray. Amen. Let's pray together now. Father, how good you are, better to us than we deserve. You are the one who has created this world. You are the one who has acted in the history of this world to bring about redemption through Jesus Christ. You are the one who raised him from the dead and you are the one who has provided many witnesses uh, to this same uh, great event and this great truth. And we pray by the power of your Spirit, you will impress upon us the wonder of the resurrection. And we pray, Father, that our hope, the hope that you will give to each one of us in the end will be the resurrection from the dead, and the anticipation of meeting our Lord Jesus Christ and being uh, thrust through death and through the overcoming of death by the resurrection from the dead. So be pleased to bless us to this end, we ask, in the good name of Jesus Christ, who is the Lord. Amen.